0: One. Hit it, baby! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. SRV, start your day right here, right now. 507, 550 KTSA, FM 1071. Tradeware page, KTSA.com. Yeah, I had to learn this song. I play it for somebody special in my household, my pride and joy, you know what I mean? especially today you know i almost didn't make it in today today almost became a holiday for me it was almost a saturday or sunday What will happen and you know it's got to be something special if i'm going to miss this right right because i don't miss this there's nowhere else you'd rather be exactly right but it's national chocolate chip cookie day oh man and with it being national chocolate chip cookie day i almost stayed home and celebrated chocolate chip cookies all day man Toll House. <sighs> my eyes roll back in the back of my head. Oh, Toll House, bring it to me, baby. Oh, oh, oh. You like them that much? Oh, huh? more than that. I can't even express how much I like Toll House cookies. Oh, That's one of those things that Nancy has passed on to the grand girls, and I'm so glad she has because they can bake them too. Sure. They come over to get covered up in that stuff, man. Excellent. They, yeah, they yeah, covered up. So I absolutely love it. So today's National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. You can eat that. There's no meat in that. We ain't putting no meat inside chocolate chip cookies, so you oh, can have a chocolate a, chip cookies. It would be a horrible day if that happened. Yeah. Well, actually, you can put ice cream on it. There you go. You put your, uh, squirt your Mr. Softy on it, and you're good to go. Yeah, I'll take some of that. That's what I'm talking about. So how are you the t- today? I am well, sir. Yourself? I'm doing well. i uh, I I'm sitting here with all my tens of thousands of topics to get into today and i was derailed by national chocolate chip cookie day so i'm going to stay on track but just so you guys know that's where my heart and my mind are going to be today (laughs) (laughs) looking to get home and have some chocolate you are darn right about that it's going to take me about 10 minutes to get to the house and honey go ahead and put them on this morning because i'm i'm gonna need them when i get there Mm, so good all right so this is what we found out yesterday, congressional hearing examining the origins of COVID-19 and the pandemic. Gain-of-function did happen, and Anthony Fauci's a damn liar, and we have said that. How many times have I said he lied under oath? He needs to be charged with perjury. Well, now we're finding out statements made on uh, repeated occasions by Dr. Fauci have been untruthful. The Statements being made are demonstrably demonstrably false, says Rutgers University microbiologist Dr. Richard Ebright. He knows, (laughs) because he's involved in all of this. Rand Paul, Senator, said yesterday the uh, contradiction backed by other witnesses, the most damning thing to come out of Wednesday's hearing. Then Fauci needs to be charged with perjury now, immediately. If if perjury laws mean anything in this country, when you raise your hand, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God, it should mean something. I know it didn't with with uh, Bill Clinton and Lewinsky, and I got a Lewinsky story a little bit later on. I know he perjured himself too, and I know these guys perjure themselves all the time. How about James Crapper? I mean Clapper. James Clapper doing the exact same thing, perjuring himself before Congress. Every one of them, every single one of them should face perjury charges. But our most recent example is Anthony Fauci. Senator Rand Paul saying, I was told directly to my face, the quote is from Dr. Fauci, that they've never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan. However, and that was in May of 2021, Fauci said the NIH has never not ever and does not now fund gain of function research in Wuhan Institute of Virology and it's simply not true. All three witnesses under oath yesterday contradicted that. The witnesses at the hearing called for significantly greater oversight of gain of function research. Dr. Stephen Quay, the founder of the Seattle-based Atosa Therapeutics Incorporated, warning The work of this committee is critical to protecting the American people and really the world at large from future man-made pandemics, which is exactly what I believe COVID-19 to be. Man-made in a lab in China. Gain of function in order to attack the United States, disrupt the 2020 presidential election, and so on. A number of reasons. But what they learned yesterday in that committee, the Dr. Fauci has been lying to that committee, three scientists, three, agreed that it was dangerous research. Two of the three absolutely said it was gain-of-function. The third said it was dangerous research and should have gone before a committee. Now, this committee is unbelievably top secret. Now, they reviewed this. Congress has reviewed it. The experts have looked at it and said, it's not gain of function, and even that wasn't true because that's what Fauci said. We've looked at this; we, uh, the committee's looked at it. It's not gain of function. That's not true. Now, the committee itself was formed in 2017 to look at dangerous research out there. They've never even reviewed this. They didn't look at the research at all. And the committee itself is secret. They don't know the name. Nobody knows the names of the people on the committee. Don't know that they've ever met. On any records of their meetings, it's top secret. Congress not allowed to know what this committee is reviewing or not, and whether committee uh, committee actually exists. They're even uh, com- Congress is even uncertain of that. But since 2012, Dr. Fauci has been funding viral gain of function research in China. China, and despite the moratoriums that even he was involved with, he has continued to fund it. And that viral gain-of-function studies led to the COVID-19 virus, which killed over a million Americans and 6.5 million people worldwide. Three, no less than three, expert witnesses all agreed with that yesterday, that this virus, gain-of-function research, is basically a weapon of mass destruction. Gain-of-function research, the equivalent of doing nuclear research with Iran and North Korea, except it has killed more people than nuclear bombs... Nuclear research have been killing in this modern era. And we know that. And these uh, guys testified under oath to that yesterday, testifying that Dr. Fauci has been lying under oath. So uh, this needs to be blown out in the media It needs to be far and wide. No, it's not on Fox News. No, it's not on ABC. No, it's not on CNN. Of course, it's not going to be on MSNBC. It's not in the New York Times or the Washington Post. It's here for you to consume and to know that this uh, panel met yesterday, the senators, and they were told by these three witnesses under oath That the committee investigating this, they don't even know if it exists. The committee was formed in 2017. They don't even know if it exists. But that, yes, gain of function has been paid for by the American taxpayer and used in the Wuhan lab with a connection to COVID-19. If that's not the biggest story of the day, then what is? Well, possibly local that the city of San Antonio is housing at least double, maybe even triple, the number of illegal immigrants that they were supposed to. And if those illegal immigrants are walking through neighborhoods, beating on doors, according to text messages going back and forth between individuals in the city, and those individuals are panhandling, And these single men that are illegal aliens are walking through neighborhoods now, banging on doors and uh, basically being, you know, transient individuals throughout the city. Not having a plan, not having sponsors. And what's the city going to do about it? Well, we're going to talk about it. We'll dig into it on our next segment. We'll tell you what uh, some of these private communications that are now coming to light in a letter that the city has sent to the uh, CBP and other individuals down along the border and what may be going on. And what is going on in Uvalde? Well, we got another story. Did did you hear the story of Pete Arredondo out of Uvalde this morning? Well, there's some news concerning him too. Got that coming up for you next. Trey Ware, KTSA. FM 107.1. All right, 520 now at KTSA. As I go through these stories, you're always welcome to be in here with your voice on it too at 210 599 5555. Breitbart.com, their website, has got an exclusive story headline The City of San Antonio Threatens to Bus Migrants Back to Texas Border Towns. Now, Breitbart, Texas, has reviewed official correspondence and emails. Regarding a request to limit the number of daily migrant arrivals as local leaders level threats to bus them back to the Texas Mexico border. Suggesting a piggyback on Governor Abbott's initiative to bus them up to Washington, D.C. as an alternative. So if you can't bus them back to the border, bus them up to Washington, D.C. A letter from July 27th from the city to U.S. Customs and Border Protection and nonprofit shelters in Del Rio and Laredo. A request is made to limit the number of migrants based at the local Migrant Resource Center. More than 600 a day is what uh, we're now having, and and a lot more. It's uh, It's supposed to be capped at that number, and now it's more than double that or triple that. Now, in this letter that's on City of San Antonio letterhead, federal and nonprofit partners, that's who it's addressed to, Each day, we are providing shelter for nearly 1,200 migrants. Now, this was July 27th. You know that number's way up. That's well beyond our stated capacity of 600. The MRC, the Migrant Resource Center, is not set up to provide indefinite shelter for migrants who do not have sponsors or travel arrangements. Well, this is what I've been telling you. They are bringing these illegal aliens into San Antonio. They don't have sponsors. They do not have travel arrangements. They have nowhere to go. They do not have a job, and they're staying here at the Migrant Center over here in the Cheryl Hills neighborhood. We're going to talk about that in just a couple of seconds. They're staying in that area, and now, now reports are, and I'm going to read you a text message here in a couple of minutes, but the reports are these single men are now walking through these neighborhoods knocking on doors over there, illegal aliens. Walking, knock, walking around knocking on doors. They're also panhandling that the police department has had to take their resources now and patrol that area and run these people off. Because they're just all over the neighborhoods over there. So people have kids that are outside playing in the summer, riding their bicycles, climbing trees, doing the things you do when you're your kid during the summer. And they can't do that anymore in the neighborhoods because you've got all these illegal aliens over there. And now it's pulling away from the, the San Antonio Police Department's resources because they're having to send cops over there to shoo, shoo, shoo. They can't do anything about them. They can't arrest them. They can't take them back to the border. They can't do anything about them. So what do they do? They just say, go along, go along. Well, the minute the cop drives off, they come back. And imagine in a couple of weeks when the kids are at the the bus stops. Haven for Hope has at least 300 children. That's a Haven for Hope. That's supposed to be a place for homeless adults was built for homeless adults and it got over 300 children in the Haven for Hope right now now back to the letter, July twenty fifth. We outline specific requests that will ensure that San Antonio remains an effective transportation hub. You see what the the city of San Antonio has done: set themselves up as a transportation hub. They, they admit it right here on their own letterhead. They're a transport. The city of San Antonio is a transportation hub for illegal aliens, which means the city of San Antonio, as a transportation hub, is participating in this trafficking, human trafficking, that's going on. As I've said, the Biden administration is the last link in the human trafficking train chain. And here the city of San Antonio is saying right here, we're a transportation hub to serve transiting migrants. Now, there's email correspondence that Breitbart Texas has on their website, Breitbart.com, showing the content and tone of conversations between CBP and the city of San Antonio referencing a threat to bus migrants back to the streets of del rio should they should the federal authorities fail to abide by the suggested limits more than 1800 illegal immigrants apprehended daily within the del rio and laredo sectors half of those are brought right here to san antonio because of our international airport and bus terminals been telling you for a long time go right over here to the cell phone lot at the phillips 66 behind the phillips 66 station that's where they meet they're picked up by bus they're taken to the airplane they're put on the airplane free of charge por nada. and you're paying for it and you're flying they're at the front of the airplane and they're going wherever the hell they want to go meanwhile you're charged thousands of dollars to fly off to see grandma the city of San Antonio and Joe Biden are taking them wherever wherever they want to go. And now they're so overrun that the Migrant Resource Center here and the Haven for Hope are covered up with illegal aliens and they're running all over the city. They're all throughout the neighborhood. Those those people who bought those homes, and they have children in that neighborhood, and you got elderly grandparents. I happen to know people who live in that neighborhood in my family. So I have first witness account on what's going on over there. And these guys are banging on the doors. And the cops are having to show up and go, she said, go away, go away, go away. Don't do not do this. Don't do this. And they come right back and they do it again. Now, here's a, a text message. Good evening. I just received a call from Jessica in the city of San Antonio, and they were making a request. Miss Jessica states that the Migrant Resource Center is at full capacity with 1,400-plus migrants. Now, keep in mind, it was designed to hold less than 600. 1,400-plus migrants. Jessica added the majority are coming from Eagle Pass. She's requesting we let the NGOs, that's non-governmental organizations that are funded by the government, meaning us, to transport these people wherever they want to go, illegal aliens. These are people that didn't follow the law. Some people that, you know, remember a couple of years ago, the chief worked with to get those 12 out of that truck at Splashtown and send them wherever they wanted to go. I don't know if they were terrorists or not. I have no idea. If they were carrying drugs or terrorists, who knows? Anyway, requesting that we let the NGOs know to stop the drop-offs until Monday, July 25th so they can absorb and process what they have at the center. Also, she added, with so many migrants without the means for travel, and many of the single men are panhandling and knocking on doors of residents within the communities surrounding the center. I don't know who Miss Jessica is. Apparently she's with the city. And she's letting these people know, hey, listen, this is what's going on. According, again, Breitbart's reporting, according to a source within the CBP, The matter was not resolved with the city to their satisfaction. The source says the flow is too great to stem on a practical level. Here, back to a text message. The city of San Antonio has just notified me that they have been directed to start talking to charter bus companies to send arriving migrants back to Del Rio and drop them off on the streets. So far, six buses are en route to San Antonio from Del Rio with approximately 300 people. I am worried about Eagle Pass NGO since they receive 500 to 700 per day, and all of them are transferred to San Antonio. The only other option of getting people out is through the border buses to D.C. So I'll be alerting Marianne on this. Now, that source telling Breitbart the city of San Antonio does not want the migrants roaming freely or at transportation hubs for fear of tourist impacts and resident backlash. Yeah, this is great advertising. Come to San Antonio. Be accosted on the streets by illegal aliens. They're panhandling everywhere. They're banging on the doors. Come to San Antonio. Vacation in San Antonio. That's great advertising, isn't it? The source added that if San Antonio authorities made good on their threat, migrants would have forced back into the southbound buses. Well, you know that's not going to happen as long as Ron Nirenberg is the mayor of this city. You know that that's not going to happen. Well what this proves is is that San Antonio and the residents here are being overrun and overwrought with these illegal aliens that are being brought here and dumped here every single day. That our facilities here are beyond max. They can't handle any more. They can't take any more. And they're begging these NGOs to quit sending them here, apparently, but where else are they going to send them? So welcome to, uh, you know, third-world country San Antonio. It looks like crap on the streets because they never clean it up. 410 looks like crap because there's trash all over the media in a 410. They never clean it up. I was at 1604 and Nacogdoches yesterday, and there's weeds growing up all over that intersection. Weeds, 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 weeds that look like trees. They don't clean that crap up. So we look like a third-world city. And now they brought in a bunch of illegal immigrants who are just out on the streets because they got nowhere to go. They got no money. They got nothing. Not the pot to pee in. And they're knocking on doors and begging people for money. Great job, Ron. Hell of a job, Ronnie. You're doing a wonderful job running this city right into the ground. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Hiya. Uh, it's five thirty nine now. Trey Ware, KTSA, going through the headlines of the day for you here. And uh, as Don was just telling you in the newscast, uh, the Uvalde School District Police Chief Pete Arredondo's termination hearing has been postponed once again. It was supposed to happen back July 23rd. Once again, uh, the attorney for Pete Arredondo says, well, we have a scheduling conflict. You know, the scheduling conflict's going to go on forever or until... Until the media moves on and forgets about this story, and then nothing is going to change. Nothing different is going to happen. Nobody is going to be held accountable. Well, you know who's being held accountable, the NRA and the guns. That's who's being held accountable. But as we know, the principal, she was alleviated, uh, or alleviated of her duties uh, last week, and then immediately, a couple days later, put right back into that slot as soon as the media moved on. You wait for the satellite trucks to break down and move on and then everything goes right back to the way it was. So, once again, uh they are gonna not not have it yet, not not do it now. We're gonna I, I think their official word was we're searching for a date that just might work where we can get together and discuss the future. Uh, Peter Ardondo here in U my prediction is ain't nothing gonna change, folks. It's all gonna stay the same there and uh other than you know they they've got this big uh push to ban guns now we gotta we gotta get the governor on board to ban guns. That's what we gotta do, and that's all related to the far left Democrats, the biggest enemy that this country has, who went in there the day of the shooting and started to convince those residents there and the people who you know, their emotions are real raw that it's the gun's fault. It's not the dude, it's the gun. The, the gun did this, and they're buying off on that. And so no accountability for the for the people who screwed up. There's no accountability whatsoever. We're just going to keep moving on moving on and moving on. If we reschedule these appointments enough, we reschedule these hearings enough, we reschedule these meetings enough, eventually they just go away. That's how it works. It's called sweeping it under the rug, baby, Wait till the immediate spotlight is gone. And it's basically gone from there now. All right, fifty-five fifty-five two one zero five nine nine fifty-five fifty-five. I sure hope that we got a connection at KTSA.com this morning for Ron DeSantis. This is going to be big, man. I don't know what he's going to say. I have no idea if Ron DeSantis is going to talk about running for president. I don't think so. That he's uh, the speculation out there in the Twitterverse is he's going to announce that he and uh, and Donald Trump are going to team up and run as president vice president? No, 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 no. He's not going to announce that either. First of all, um, you know that's not his place. If he were going to be, if they're talking about him running as vice president with Donald Trump, that's not even his place to announce such a thing. And and Trump hasn't even announced that he's running. So let's use a little common sense here. Let's think through this. What? Could he be announcing today that will be the liberal media meltdown of the year, according to his spokesperson? I don't know. We'll find out. All right? And uh, that's coming a little bit later on this morning. Hopefully it'll happen during our show, and we'll be able to air it for you or at least be able to comment on it and get your comments on it as well. Uh, the Saudis' Prince uh, Ben Salman now is telling uh, Joe Biden, no, we're not going to increase production. Joe went over there, had the fist bump moments, you know. Remember, he was going to treat him as a pariah during the campaign, and now, come here, come here, Prince, let me just give you little. Mm, mm, I love you. Here's a fist bump, baby. Increase oil production, will you? So I don't have to. And, and, you know, the point about this is we don't have to go to Prince Ben Salman. We don't have to rely on Saudi. We don't have to rely on anybody's oil but our own. But Joe Biden, because he, meaning the administration, is beholden to the Green New Steel in the far left in this country. They will, not, they will not return us to energy independence where we can buy oil from ourselves. We can enrich ourselves. We can put our own money, take it from the left hand, put it into the right hand. We can take our money and invest it in ourselves by buying oil from ourselves. But instead, Joe goes over, has a fist bump failure, slow Joe, fist bump failure, with the Saudi king, and the Saudi king says no. We're not going to do it. All right, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw an extra 100,000 barrels at you. Well, that's nothing because we consume 20 million barrels a day. So that's it. Uh, it it's going to make no difference at all as far as the price of oil is concerned, with the Saudi prince telling Slow Joe to get lost. And Slow Joe continues to be lost. You seen him lately? His doctor said yesterday he's still positive for COVID, and we don't know if, if and when this is gonna break. You know, it may break right around no- <laughs> right around November ninth or tenth. He he might he might be able to come out of the basement of of the White House. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about a hearing that's going to happen today in front of Congress, and I'm, you know, I, I've lost so much faith in these hearings in Congress and stuff like that. But we'll be talking about that, and of course, Slow Joe, disappearing Joe, and what's going on with him. We'll talk about that, and what most people are saying about the economy, and what one senator, <laughs> and it's funny. I, I just I'll tell you who it is. It's John Kennedy, and what he is saying about Joe Manchin's new inflation increasing bill so we're going to talk about that um and a bus driver shortage in comal county and i've got some comments on and it and the, the, my comments might surprise you a little bit so we're going to talk about that coming up as well trey Ware, ktsa oh. right on.
1: guests of the 550 ktsa morning news with trey Ware appear courtesy of the stevens roofing newsmaker hotline
0: All right, so coming up at 636 this morning, District 1 City Councilman Mario Bravo is going to join me. And if you'd like to be a part of that, here's the number, 210-599-5555. We're going to talk about the illegal immigrants that are being run through San Antonio, but now are just basically set up in San Antonio as residents and are walking the neighborhoods in, uh, what is it, Cheryl Hills, I think is one of them, Cheryl Hills and and Ridgeview, and they're walking through these neighborhoods and uh, knocking on doors, panhandling, and all those kind of things. And they've, you know, you don't want to say humans are a blight, but look what's happening to the neighborhoods in that, in that area. They've had to dispatch. They've had to take police officers off of other calls and in other areas of the city and take them down there to disperse these folks. Go along your way. Go along your way. Because the city of San Antonio has become the distribution hub of these humans in the human trafficking movement. And it always has. It, you know, you I got, as I said, 35 goes that way, I-10 goes this way. But now you've got them staying here. You've got up at the Migrant Resource Center that was opened up there, and the citizens that live in that area with children that are playing in those, in those streets, getting ready to go to school, bus stops, and whatever, they weren't even told that they were opening up that center. And instead of the center saying, well, we were supposed to be at 600, the city, we're at 600 or less over there. Now, there are about 1,500 illegal immigrants that are there. They don't have sponsors. They don't have the pot to pee in. They got no money. And they're out there, and they're knocking on doors, banging on doors in the neighborhood, et cetera. So city councilman, uh, District 1, Mario Bravo, met with the residents over there last week, and he's going to join me at 635 this morning. And uh, you can jump in here and ask questions as well about what's going on over there. And uh, Jaime, you're on KTSA with Trey. Go right ahead, sir.
1: I got a question. Is that the old
2: CPS building that broke right down San Pedro that they're using as a as, a, as that, a shelter for the immigrants? That's
0: what I understand. I'm going to ask Mario that Absolutely. question, but that's what I understand.
2: So, on a, so honestly, I, I guarantee you CPS is renting it to city of San Antonio, to charging them rent to use because CPS don't give nothing to the city of San Antonio they don't give it back to the residents they want to make sure they make more money so I'm pretty sure it's just washing money around moving it around back to CPS back to the council Back to CPS, and that's how they play their little game.
0: Yeah, the CPS ain't
1: going to glitch them. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's
0: what's going. Well, Jaime, we're going to ask, and right. and you feel free to call back and ask that question if you want to as well. At six thirty-five this morning with City Councilman Bravo when he's on here. Okay, thank you very much, Jaime. I appreciate it. Um, I got the story this morning that there's a bus driver shortage in Comal County. I bet that's true of almost all the school districts at this point, right? That you had these bus drivers that were uh, laid off or you know took time off during COVID; they weren't needed because the kids weren't going to school and whatever, and they're not coming back in the numbers that they need them. So this is in Comal County, where now they've upped it to $16.16 an hour, plus they pay for your CDL license training to come drive a bus. They just don't have enough. And what they've had to do, and it affects about 1,300 families. Again, Comal is the one that's in the news now, but this is probably applicable elsewhere, right? Uh, What they've had to do is they have had to open the schools. They're going to open the schools a little bit earlier so that parents can drop their kids off earlier and get on to work. There are some parents that have organized these uh, Facebook groups and they're now uh, carpooling to get them there. Uh, Steve Stanford, who speaks for Comal ISD, said the district is short of bus drivers for the second year. 25 bus drivers is what they need. That's a lot if you're short 25. He said this is not a decision that we wanted to make, but it's just a position that we're in. Now, some of the parents have been sounded off on this, and they've been saying, "Well, how do I get my kids to school and still make it to work on time? What do I do? How do I do this?" Um, I, I got very—I got to tell you, at the risk of of upsetting some of these parents, be <laughs> taking a risk of upsetting somebody—that's pretty funny. Um, welcome to adulthood. Okay, uh, your kid or your kids. You are responsible for your children. It is not the school's responsibility to get them to school and get them back home. It's not their responsibility. I know. I understand. You know, the buses have always been there, and we, we we have an expectation the buses are going to be there. I understand all of that. That notwithstanding, welcome to parenthood. This is how it works. And if you can't make it to work on time because you have to get your child to school, well, then you need to work out something with your employer and let them know that, hey, I'm going to be a little bit late or I've got to make another arrangement because we don't have the bus service we used to have and I've got to get the kids to school and or work out something with some of the other. You know, our our parents uh, worked out something with there were like three or four families, you know, right around us that all of us were going to the same school. And on Monday, Mom would drive. On Tuesday, Peggy would drive. On Wednesday, Sally would drive. On Thursday, Linda would drive. You know, on Friday, we'd walk or ride our bikes. But that's what they did is they, you know, they figured it out. <laughs> they were adults. The problem with parents today – ooh, here it comes. The problem with many parents today of school aged children is they're children themselves. <laughs> oh, I've been there. I've, I, I go to the school stuff, and I see the parents of school children today – they're not adults they're not and yeah you know it takes a little harsh reality something like this for you to realize you know i gotta grow up i don't want to grow up because i'm a toys or s kid well guess what you can't be a toys or s kid the rest of your life you're gonna have to grow up and expect accept responsibility for your killo and get them to the school. If the school buses can't run because there's not enough people working there to drive the school buses, well, it's not up to the school. What do you expect them to do? Send a limo? (laughs) I know some will say yes. (laughs) Some parents of those children will say yes, but it's not their responsibility. You have to get them there, and if you have to leave work to get them there or pick them up in the afternoon, then that's what you have to do. Or if you got to work out arrangements with a friend who can help you out or a grandma who can help out or something like that, then that's what it's going to take, and that's what we do. And if you can't handle that, then you can't handle adulthood. If you can't handle something as simple as getting your kid to school on time, then you can't handle adulthood. You need to you need to sit down and do a serious self-assessment. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Trey Ware, now on FM 1071. Yeah, I'm going to pop smoke at 9 o'clock this morning and go get me some chocolate chips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. I cannot wait. Good morning. 607-TrayWear, 550 KTSA-FM, 1071. The TrayWear page at KTSA.com. Since March of this year, about 90,000 or so illegal immigrants have been brought into San Antonio to be distributed all over the country by the Biden administration as they continue human trafficking. The Biden administration continues to send these people all over the country. And San Antonio has been an international hub for this, where they have been brought in many of them are coming in on their own without uh being brought here the official number with the with the city of san antonio is right around ninety thousand that have been brought here since just since march guys this doesn't go back prior to march so this isn't even half the year that we're talking about here and uh so just think about how many are you know going to come to san antonio San Antonio is going through a radical, radical change right now in the demographics of our city because of illegal immigrants that are being brought here. So much so that the city of San Antonio, at more than 800 per day, could not process all of the illegal immigrants that were being brought here. So what did they do? They couldn't process them and send them out by airplane. They were over overrunning the system at the San Antonio International Airport and had them sleeping at the airport. Now, that's a great thing when you are – you know a a tourist destination we're a convention destination we're a tourist destination and you got illegal immigrants sleeping in your airport sitting around panhandling in your airport when you got that going on well what are we going to do well i don't know what are we going to do and then the greyhound bus station downtown overrun and they even opened up a little bitty building across the street right downtown you know still not enough couldn't handle it too many coming, too many coming into the city of San Antonio. Why? Because they knew the city of San Antonio was a sanctuary city. They knew the city of San Antonio would feed them and get them, house them and clothe them and all that kind of stuff. And they still know that. And of course, with our airport and with our bus station, Joe Biden's administration says, hey, look at that. We're sending them right to San Antonio. And Ron Nuremberg says, well, I want to kiss the fanny of the Biden administration so much. But Ron Nirenberg says, oh, yeah, boss, salute. We'll do it. Can I have a job, please? And he makes like seven or eight trips to D.C. to beg for work because his term is coming up, and when it's over, he wants to go to work for Joe Biden. He wants to be in D.C. So he's, you know, opened San Antonio up to this. So over there in the Sherry Hills area, Ridgeview neighborhoods, the people living in their nice, quiet, peaceful existence over there. And the next thing they know, they get up one morning and their neighborhood is overrun with people that they don't recognize walking around and kids they don't recognize walking around. And then the doors start knocking. Boom, 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 boom. People knocking on the door. And then there's panhandling going on in the stores. And the businesses are saying, hey, they're coming in and using the restrooms and hanging out inside to get out of the heat. And so the residents in those neighborhoods said, what is going on? Where did all these people come from all of a sudden? Well, the city of San Antonio, without informing the residents in the neighborhood, opened up the Migrant Resource Center over there in that area. So now they're flooded with people over there, so much so that the police have had to take, you know, officers, patrol officers off of other duties and send them over there to – make sure everything's okay and, and you know shuffle them off go shoo go away they can't do anything about it so they just shuffle them away now these people don't have anything they don't have a pot to pee in they have got nothing nothing zero and that's why they're panhandling that's why they're knocking on doors you know banging on doors of residents uh, kids you know that uh, live in that neighborhood all of a sudden man they're looking around and all these you know just single males are all over the place who are they why are they here and in just a couple of weeks, the kids are going to be waiting at school buses and walking to schools and things like that. So the residents over there, they decided, hey, we've had enough of this. We want, to, we want some information about this. So they got in touch with their city councilman, Mario Bravo. And uh, he had a meeting with them last week, and he's going to join me here in about a half hour at 635 this morning and we're going to discuss this with him to find out what's going on, and you can be a part of that at 210-599-5555. Breitbart News has an exclusive story on their website this morning saying that the city of San Antonio is threatening to bust the migrants back to uh, the border. Well, that's not going to happen as long as Ron Nirenberg is your mayor. This city is being turned into an asshole uh, city. You know, I was at... uh, Loop 1604 in Nacogdoches yesterday, and look at the weeds at that intersection growing up. They can't even get somebody out there with some Roundup or a weed eater to knock the weeds down. One of the weeds right there at that light is turning into a tree. Drive around 410, and I know you got to watch the bumper in front of you, but drive around 410, look at a crap on the median. So the city looks crappy. Now you're filling it up with illegal aliens who don't have a job, don't have anywhere to go. Who have no resources? They have no sponsors. Stressing the health care at the hospitals. Try getting into an emergency room in San Antonio right now. Just try. Give it a shot. The schools here in a couple of weeks are going to have illegal aliens in the schools. Illegal alien in the children uh, in the schools, because they're bringing in about a thousand or so per day, and the migrant resource center only had enough cots set up for about six hundred well now they're at about 1500 a day or more needing food needing shelter needing clothes needing health care on and on it goes and the city is all a part of it and so according to Breitbart this morning there's been and I've got the letters (coughs) the emails and the text messages have been going back and forth uh, saying, "Hey, we're gonna, you know, put these. If you don't do something about this, we're gonna put these folks on buses back down to the border." And you know that's not gonna happen as long as Ron is the mayor. He's not going to bus anybody back to the border. Well, we might send him to D.C. on uh, on the governor's buses. That's not gonna happen either. Uh, Ron is is kissing the fanny of the president of the United States because he wants to be in that liberal, progressive whole clique. He wants to get in. So that's why he's taking this on for the city of san antonio meanwhile the residents can go to hell as far as he's concerned i don't care he, every step he makes and every step he takes from the very beginning of his uh, mayorship here in san antonio it's been about building his far left cred so that he could get on up there and this is part of it as well breitbart's done an outstanding job on their website at breitbart.com covering this story with the resources that they uh, have, very limited resources they have. They've dug into this. They have uncovered the letter. They've uncovered the emails and the text messages and everything. But according to the text messages from the city of San Antonio, they know there's a problem because, quote, single men are panhandling and knocking on doors of the residents within that neighborhood. Michelle, you're on KTSA. Your thoughts about this?
1: Yeah. Our mayor, I mean, he lets – the city overwhelmed with homeless people, and now we've got immigrants, illegal immigrants that are here that are wandering everywhere. The building out there at cps that's over over packed, which means the city is actually it's not zoned it's not zoned for for fifteen hundred people. we've got to close that's an important that's through. an
0: important point, Michelle. I hate to interrupt you I'm sorry, but that's an important point I want everybody to hear. Because that building and it is it the old c p s building that's there on San Pedro, is that the one? yeah, okay, yeah, it's not zoned as a residence, so how's the city no. get away with with having people there as permanent residents because that's exactly what they are, they're permanent residents
1: it's city its city is being against city, I mean they are not allowed. it needs to be closed ever since we got this mayor, as I said, homeless are running rapid. They don't like it downtown, so now they've gotten rid of a lot of the homelessness. And they're as far as out, out at Stone Oak. Yeah. They are everywhere. No, I know. the illegal immigrants, they're just as bad. Yeah. And he will not stop because he has said, we are a sanctuary city. And he does absolutely nothing absolutely. for the citizens of San Antonio. Mm-mm. And like you said, the tourists coming in, what do they want to come here for?
0: Right. You see all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Go go vacation in San Antonio, or come down yeah. to San Antonio for a convention or something like that, and see what the you know how the city is being transformed into a third world city, and that's exactly what's happening under Ron Nirenberg. But that's a socialist mayor for you. That's a socialist administration for you. That's how socialists behave. And and quite frankly, as far as he's concerned, you residents can go to hell. He's got a plan to to pack his cred and to, to burnish his resume so that he can make it into the Washington elite lefties, and, and that's where he wants to live his life. And that's all he's ever thought about. That's all he's ever wanted to be. And the, the backs of the city of San Antonio and the residents of the city of San Antonio, that's what he's building his his resume on. Meanwhile, this city is being transformed into something that's not a big, beautiful, bold, gorgeous city that we should be proud of. This city's being transformed into what President Trump would call an hole city. And just look around. Look at the trash everywhere I've been telling you about for a long time out here on the loop and on 35. Look at those messes. Look at the crime problem. Guy working out at a gym on the north side and gets shot in the back of the head by a criminal who, you know, allegedly has had multiple run-ins with the cops. Is this the kind of city that you want to live in? Is this the kind of city you want your children and your grandchildren to live in? 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. More in a minute. Trayware, KTSA. Right 622 KTSA, Trayware, 210-599-5555. As we dig into these stories, you can sound off on any of it that you want to. 210 599 So Chris Ray, the FBI director, remember he was the replacement for Jim's Comey, James Comey, um, he is going to be in front of Congress today. They got some questions for him, they say. I don't know. These things, these old, you know, testimonies. First of all, they can lie, 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 lie. We now know after yesterday's testimony. So, well, no, no. We, we've we known it for a long time. It was confirmed in yesterday's testimony that Fauci's been lying about gain of function, that they were doing gain of function in Wuhan, in Wuhan. And here we are living with a, a virus that was created in a lab in Wuhan and released on the people of the world, particularly the people of the United States, in my opinion. That's exactly what happened over there. And, uh, Anthony Fauci appears before Congress on a number of occasions, before the Senate committees, and says, no, we never, gave, never funded gain of function. We never did that. That wouldn't mean we, we would, we would never have done that. We're not doing that there. We're not, we're not funding gain of function. The hell, they're not. They, guess what? They have been funding gain of function all along. And three scientists yesterday testified under oath. That, yeah, oh, yeah, we, we've been funding gain-of-function in Wuhan. That's where COVID-19 came from, that Wuhan lab. And so, perjury means nothing. James Crapper did it years ago, committed perjury in front of Congress. Nobody did anything about it. Bill Clinton did it concerning Monica Lewinsky. Nobody did anything about it. Nobody cares if you raise your hand and you – well, I do care. I don't know who else cares, but I care. If You raise your hand and you say, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to so help me God, then it means something. It should mean something. But these guys, it doesn't mean anything to these guys. So we'll see what Christopher Ray has to say today. There are allegations, and we'll see if they're even asked these – if he's even asked these allegations that high-up officials in the FBI meddled in the 2020 election covering up incriminating information about hunter biden and then playing up the whole white supremacy angle and white supremacists being connected with uh, donald trump and so on and so forth you know a new story came out yesterday about hunter biden and the laptop the new story is he brokered a deal and signed off on a deal between ukraine and and China to send grain from Ukraine to China. Now, you got to start connecting the dots on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And CIA, former CIA officer Joseph Kofer Black, a fellow Burisma board member, among those who signed off on the grain going from Ukraine to China. And then you've got this other guy who is authorized from, uh, from uh, Ukraine, Vadim Poharsky, the same operative who sent Hunter an email thanking him for introducing him to then-Vice President, now-President Joe Biden in April of 2015. But I never discussed any of this with my son. He's a damn liar. He had dinner with him in Milan. Joe did. He had dinner with his whole group. And the problem is now, nobody has the guts or the you know what's to trace Hunter Biden back to all these things that are going on, because in my belief, when you trace Hunter Biden back to this, you're gonna find that Joe's right smack dab in the middle of it. That Joe's been benefiting from all this as well and all this influence peddling that has been going on, it's all in the it's all in the emails, it's all in that laptop. Joe is right in the middle of all this stuff with the family, the family biz, and so on and so forth. But nobody wants to pursue that, certainly within the swamp, in Washington, D.C. So we'll see if it even comes up today with Christopher Ray. Be watching closely and tune in tomorrow morning because I'll tell you more about it. There's no hiding, slow, Joe, ahead of 2020, like they're trying to do. Nobody honestly believes that this shuffling, mumbling, geriatric, whose opinion polls are in the toilet, who's going to be 86 by the time a second... Uh, term is over with is actually the guy he's got a lot of issues he's apparently on medication right now for what these issues are and nobody's doing anything about it but you can't hide him away they're trying to keep him in the basement is what they're trying to do and it's not going to work all right we're going to take our break now because mario bravo is going to join us here in a couple seconds the city councilman from district one and we're going to talk all this immigrant stuff that's been going on That's that's you know a lot of people have concerns about this migrant center all the illegal immigrants on the streets, the police resources being reallocated to keep control of what's going on, the panhandling, the knocking on doors, the businesses that have these folks coming into the businesses. So that's all coming up next. Trey Ware, KTSA. Come over here. What? What did you say? Oh, that's what I thought you said. Good morning. 635 Treyware 550 KTSA FM 1071. And the TreyWare page, KTSA.com. Let's go to the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. Councilman District 1, Mario Bravo joining me, and we're going to talk about the, uh, the Migrant Resource Center and what's going on there. And, Councilman, I do appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for coming on.
2: Great, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, you bet. I, you know, I know there was a meeting last week uh, with residents in the area concerned about what's going on there with the migrant resource center. So I just wanted to shoot a couple of questions at you and see uh, see what's going on. So is this the is this the old CPS building there on San Pedro they're using?
2: It is. It's the old CPS Energy Customer Service Building, which some people who've been in San Antonio a long time know it as the old Solo Serve.
0: Yes. Okay. And is the city leasing that from CPS, or how? What's the arrangement for using this right now?
2: So apparently, CPS Energy had sold it to uh, um, a private buyer, and the city has a lease through the end of the year.
0: With the private buyer, not with the not with CPS. Correct. There. Okay. Do you Correct. know who that private buyer is? Uh,
2: I, I remember his his first name is Paul. I don't remember his last name. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, is is it? been rezoned as residential now that we got people staying there or how is all that working
2: it has not been rezoned there's there's a temporary uh rezone permit
0: oh i got that, you okay.
2: that, this, that the city has for
0: it so it is zoned temporarily as residential then
2: I, I don't know if legally that's the exact term, but essentially that's what it is.
0: Got it. Okay. Um, so, of course, you know, we've seen the stories and we've heard from a lot of residents over there. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this morning. I've been inundated with uh, text messages, e- emails, and calls, and stuff like that about this, and so I'm just uh, I'm wondering about it. Um, as far as the accounts of people who have been there panhandling in the streets, going into businesses, knocking on doors, what are you hearing about all that?
2: Well, you know, the way the Migrant Resource Center is being operated and uh, the way issues are being attended to in that area is not anything like what it was like in the first week when this opened. You have to understand that the city didn't have any uh, heads up from the federal government that there were going to be a lot more migrants coming through here. And they had to open something up in a hurry just to make sure that, these, because these individuals were not – San Antonio is not their final destination. They were coming through San Antonio, um, but, and they needed to get to their final destination wherever it was in the U.S. And so we had to find a place to um, accommodate them to make sure that uh, we could track them, that we could make sure that they were fed, and we could make sure that they didn't miss their airplane, make sure they weren't sleeping at the airport. Uh, Make sure that they could catch their bus if that's how they were moving on, you know, and this was something that was an improvement over uh, migrants sleeping in parks and alleys and ditches and being all over the city. And uh, so uh, city staff will tell me it was a little rocky in the first week or two, but they've addressed a lot of these issues and it's much smoother. It's, It's things are working much better now.
0: Um, it's it's our understanding that it's built to house about sixteen or 600, and now we're up to about, per day, now we're up to about 1,600 a day.
2: No, I've, I've never heard us get anywhere close to that number. I think the maximum uh, capacity is 700. Um, you know, the ideal number is to be able to handle about 600 a day. Um, you know, recently we've also had, if we have more, you know, there's, there's still capacity over at uh, Travis Park Church where they have been taking uh, migrants prior to this being open. Uh, but I've never heard anything come close to 1,600.
0: San Antonio report back on July of uh, 17, July 17, saying that there were 800 per day uh, then July 17, and that number has increased to about the number that I gave you. So that's that's incorrect. Okay.
2: Uh, well, I, I had never heard that before. Okay. All right. Uh, I know that, I know that 700 is a lot, um, that we've got, it was one of the high numbers that I had heard, Mm -hmm. but I'll tell you two Thursdays ago, we had 700 and I was out of town that we arrived in one day. I was out of town and I went to visit the center the day I got back, which was a Saturday. Mm -hmm. So that was 48 hours later. And I'll tell you that there were less than 100 there that day. So they are, they are moving along, and we are doing our best to To get them to their final destination city,
0: so the uh, the, the residents of the area there there are in your district obviously are very concerned. That's what the Sherrill, Sherrill Hills and the Ridgeview neighborhoods over there are very concerned that they have seen an influx of people on the streets uh, in that area. There have been people that have been panhandling, is what they're saying, uh, knocking on doors, things of that neighbor nature. You you just mentioned that you know the city has to house them and and feed them and clothe them and all that health care all of those things. Where is all that coming from, those resources? Who's paying for all that?
2: So that's all being paid for by the federal government. So taxpayers... Uh, I'll tell you correct, and I will tell you that um, we did have reports of panhandling. We had reports that there wasn't good enough lighting. We had Uh, reports of uh, people using the restroom in people's front yards Mm -hmm. because they were over capacity. They didn't have enough bathrooms, you know. So there are now additional police patrols out there. They're, um, They're doing, you know, some people also have come from, they're coming from other countries with other laws and other cultures and cultural norms. And so the city's doing a better job now of communicating to them what our laws are, what our cultural norms are, what expectations are. Um, and we do have additional bathrooms. There are a bunch of porta potties there in case we do get a, a spike in numbers who come. There's there's adequate restrooms there on the site now.
0: There's porta potties there at that C, at the former CPS solo serve building. Correct. Okay. Um, com is reporting today that the city of San Antonio is threatening to bust them back to the border. Have you heard anything about that?
2: I have not
0: heard anything about that. Okay, no. there's a uh, here's an official letterhead. Federal and nonprofit partners from July 27th, 2022, uh, and just a couple of pieces out of it. each day, we're providing shelter to nearly 1,200 migrants, well beyond our stated capacity of 600. The MRC, the Migrant Resource Center, is not here to provide. Or is not set up to provide indefinite shelter for migrants who do not have sponsors or travel arrangements. July 25th, we outlined specific requests that will ensure that the San Antonio remains an effective transportation hub to serve transitioning migrants. And then it lists several of the requests that they are making. Then there's emails and text messages that are from the city members of, of, of the city, I guess their city staff, I suppose, to people at the border and the other NGOs concerning this. Let me just read one of them to you. Good evening. I just received a call from Jessica with the city of San Antonio who made a request. Do you know who Jessica might be? Do you have any idea?
2: Yes, Jessica Jessica was at that neighborhood meeting in Cherry Hills Ridgeview last week. And she works for the city? She, she's with, she, yeah, she's with the Department of Human Services. Okay, and, and this Stephen is
0: what Law she says. Miss Jessica states that the Migrant Resource Center is at full capacity with 1,400-plus migrants. Jessica added the majority are coming from Eagle Pass. She's requesting we let the NGOs know to stop the drop-offs until Monday, July 25th, so we're able to absorb and process what we have here. Also, she said many of the migrants don't have the means for travel, and many of the single men are panhandling, knocking on doors with the residents within the community surrounding the center. What do you think?
2: Yeah, so uh, I had not heard that number. I heard that they were sending us too many, and that's actually why we opened the Migrant Resource Center. And uh, what we have done is the city has communicated to some of these other cities that are sending them here. Um, you know, to please uh coordinate with us so that way we don't have those numbers spike, and not all of the cities have cooperated unfortunately, most of them have, but not all of them have that 's probably why we hit that fourteen hundred number that one day uh but you know what we do is we just most of them do not only stay twenty four to forty eight hours, and so we just try to make sure that they're connected with um, their sponsor family or the sponsor employer in their home, the final destination city. And we try and manage the logistics to get them there as quickly and efficiently as possible. Okay. Um, And, and at the same time, you know, we're trying to minimize the impact. I actually did not know, um, you know, I, I didn't have much advance warning that this location was picked city council approved, accepting the funding for, for doing this work. We didn't actually vote on a location for a migrant resource center. And uh, I didn't find out why this location was chosen uh, until the night of that Share Hill Ridgeview meeting when Jessica revealed that the reason is that back we had a location downtown back in uh, 2019 because most migrants were taking a bus.
0: Are you there, Mario? Huh, that's interesting. Mario, are you there? Now, I did nothing. We did nothing here on our end, so I, I have no idea. i tell you what, see if you can remake the if you, the connection there. We'll take the quick break here. We'll come back and see if we remake that connection. If you want to sound off on it as well, 210-599-5555. That's Mario Bravo. He's District 1 City Councilman. I know exactly where he left off and where he was in his thoughts, so hopefully we'll reestablish contact and come back with him after the break. Lifestyles Unlimited. Lifestyles Unlimited. If you would like to re- retire in five years or less, If you'd like to get off that treadmill of continuing uh, the life of living in a cubicle, you know, that kind of thing, If if you're interested in moving ahead with your life and having an income for your family that can last literally forever, well beyond the time that you're gone, your friends at Lifestyles Unlimited can make that happen. Real estate is ongoing. Everybody needs a place to live. And with over 35 years of experience in investing in real estate, our friends at Lifestyles Unlimited know how to do this. Here's what I'd like you to do. Go to FinancialFreedomLivestream.com. Use the promo code WHERE, W-A-R-E. You're going to get the Financial Freedom membership at a super discounted price if you use my name. That's where you're going to learn step-by-step step how to successfully invest in both single-family and multifamily properties and set your course for a great financial future. That's FinancialLivestream.com. Promo code is WARE. W-A-R-E. That's where you get the savings. That's where you get the discounts. Head on over there and do it now. Let me go back to Mario Bravo now, City Councilman, District 1, and, and conclude our discussion here. Okay, you were talking about how uh, Jessica was informing you, how that site was picked. Go right ahead, Mario.
2: Sure. So uh, back in 2019 when we opened the migrant resource center downtown, we did that to be close to the bus stations because the uh, most migrants were actually – Uh, taking buses to their final destination city this time around we're finding that 75 percent of them are actually flying to their final destination city and the city had to find a a large location that was near the airport
0: so who did that
2: i it must the final decision would have uh, lied with the uh city manager's office i I couldn't say specifically gotcha
0: city manager Office decided that, th- that they would use that facility, and uh, and it's interesting to find out why that one, in particular. What also is interesting, too, Mario, is, is um, that you, as the city councilman for that district, and the people of that area, the residents of that area, were not informed about any of this.
2: And we weren't, um, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, I, I'm I, I'm going to stand behind the city's decision only because. They had to do something. The city didn't have advance warning on this on this either, right? People just started sending all these migrants here, and uh, so we had to do something. And so they had to pick a location. They had to stand up this site. Um, and you know, this is a this is much better than uh, having migrants sit, sleeping in parks and in you know on the sidewalk and in people's alleys and ditches. And the truth is if we don't get them, if we don't assist them with the logistics to get them to the final destination, then some of them are going to just end up staying here and end up part of our homeless population here at the local level.
0: So how long is the city committed to do this? Well, uh, the lease is through December 31st.
2: And, uh, you know, council hasn't had a conversation yet on uh, on what what the uh next step would be wait, wait, wait just a second mario
0: wait, wait just a second and uh, this is mario bravo councilman district one and i appreciate him being on the city council has not had a discussion about this you i, I well, just find that I, so, I cannot believe that mayor narenberg has not called i mean how, how this thing has been open for weeks now weeks and nobody has sat right. down and talked with you or or anybody else about this that's insanity
2: right, and ca- Council was in recess for the month of July when this was stood up. So our first meeting back, um, our first official um, regular scheduled council meeting is actually today.
0: Yeah, I, I. But see that that's that's cool, and I, I'm not coming down on you. I'm I'm thinking about the overall picture here. We just went through two years of Zoom meetings so i i find that uh a flimsy excuse from the mayor's part that he wouldn't call a zoom meeting and get all you guys together and say let's have a discussion about this this is an emergency situation we got to get this center open we need to do this but we're going to have a meeting about this we're going to have a vote on it we're going to talk about it we're going to hear from residents about it so on and so forth and you got an earful last week right Uh, last thursday i guess was the the meeting the residents came out and, and expressed themselves to you right they did yeah Okay, well, let one one final thing, uh, Councilman. Uh, this is from the CBP, and they say the city of San Antonio, this is a note from the the city of San Antonio just notified me they have been directed to start t- talking to charter bus companies to send arriving migrants back to Del Rio and drop them off there in Del Rio. So far, six buses en route to San Antonio from Del Rio with approximately 300 people. This is from July 22nd. I am worried about Eagle Pass NGOs since they receive 500 to 750 a day in san antonio from eagle pass the only other option of getting people out is through the other buses border buses that are headed to dc Have you heard anything about that we're going to start sending them back to el paso or uh, eagle pass
2: that's the first, this is the first i'm hearing of that yeah and yeah i don't know anything else about it
0: well, it, there seems to be a lot about that. that they, they, they are not uh, getting the word to you, obviously, and they're not having meetings about this. And that's upsetting because that's, that's the job of municipal government. Uh, but I do appreciate you being on with me this morning, being extremely candid and open and honest about this. And, Mario, I'd like to follow up with you. As soon as you all do have a meeting, you get some answers to some of these questions because I'm sure people would love to hear it. I'm glad to do it anytime, Trey. Awesome, man. Thank you, Mario. That is City Councilman District 1, Mario Bravo, joining me here on KTSA. So uh, a lot of this stuff he just doesn't know because the mayor and city staff and obviously the city manager is not communicating with him or the residents in that area. 210 599 Quick break. Trey Ware, KTSA.
1: Premium. ...of the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware appear courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. All
0: right, let's go to Alex. You're on KTSA, Alex. Go right ahead, quickly.
2: Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm sure Mr. Bravo will be called in the office as soon as he gets down to City Hall. There's a couple areas that he forgot to point out, and those are areas I travel every day during my workout. Travis Park is flooded. Is flooded. You can't even go in there and enjoy a lunch anymore. The Tobin Center recently had to hire security to run them off the area around the Tobin Center. In front, the grass looks like a golf course, and it's in very, very inviting for these people and families. And where the military monument is in front of the old, old at t Center there, they've been hanging out there and just relaxing and getting on that pretty pretty grass so now they got extra security running them off
0: okay alex i, got, I hate to do it i gotta run thank you very very much for the info though and by the way when he said they haven't had a meeting about this they had time to do a meeting on pro-abortion stance but not on this think about that it's a matter of priorities jack quickly go right ahead
2: yes Curry, this is jack finger and i am a resident con- constituent of mr Bra- mr Bravos, and it was he campaigned against roberto Trivino getting the homeless out of the district one office uh, a year or so ago and so that's why people elected him I, his words just don't ring true trey
0: all right thank you jack appreciate it okay coming up uh rima is coming up next we got a bunch of stuff to get into this morning that will be podcast by the way uh, that conversation with mario bravo on the treyware page ktsa.com treyware page ktsa.com back in a minute where in rima next <gasps>